Welcome to Faith Westwood's worship service. My name is Holly Timberlake. I'm the Director of Adult and Family Discipleship here at Faith Westwood. However you're joining us today, if it's on Facebook, in person, or online, we are pleased and honored that you have chosen to join us for worship. If you are wondering how to get connected to the life of the church right now, maybe join a faith group or serve, please feel free to reach out to me at holly.timberlake at faithwestwood.com. We would love to get you connected. During this worship service, we will be celebrating in Holy Communion. If you are at home, you can use any element that you have on hand. And we will also have a message from Pastor Steve. It is called The Gospel for Us, Not About Us. And we also look forward to a children's message from Mrs. Leah. Now we encourage you to take a deep breath and prepare yourself for worship.
Good morning, boys and girls. Miss Leah here. If you're here in worship with us today, I'm so glad to see you. Hi. And if you're joining us online, that's great too. I'm so glad you're here. Remember, no matter how you're joining us today, online or here in worship, you are exactly where God wants you to be. Hey guys, can you see me? Hang on just a second. Let me turn the light on. Oh, that helped, right? Light is pretty important, huh? Can you think of some other things that light is good for? I know it keeps us safe when we're working or playing. It also helps us to see things more clearly and it helps plants to grow too. Could you read or play in a room where the lights are blocked out like this? No. God wants us to be the light of Jesus's love to others. We have that in our hearts to be able to share that. Some things get in the way though and block out that light, like anger or jealousy or selfishness. Can you think, think of some other things that might block that light from shining on others? They block out the light like this. See? God wants us to be the light of Jesus's love to others with our love and our generosity. So how can you shine the love of Jesus on others today? This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. After children's time, be sure to check out the newest episode of the Pete and Repeat show and also the I Spy activity page in your activity bag or online. Online, go to the Faith at Home page at faithwestwood.com or you can check in the email that I just sent out this morning. So until next time, may the Lord bless you and always smile upon you. And all God's kids said, Amen. So now here's a message from Pete and Repeat. Hey, Pete and Repeat here. So we have some really exciting news that we have. We're getting ready for family movie night. Family movie night. And it's night. October 16th at 7 o'clock. And what's the movie going to be? Wonder World. Wonder Park. Pets. Wonder, Wonder Park. Park. Not Wonder Pets. No. Wonder Park is Wonder the name Park. of the movie. <clears throat> and the concessions are going to be available for pre-order and we'll probably have some available that day if there's any leftover from the pre-order stuff, but $3 purchased online, um, and the link will be available on our website and or uh, tinyurl. Yep, so you get in for $3, you get your choice of flavored popcorn, a pop, and a candy bar for three bucks per person. That's a pretty good deal. It's better than any other movie theater I've ever been Absolutely. to. Absolutely, I spend $3 just for a soda. Right, you get spend $3 for smelling the popcorn. Yeah, yeah, it smells. Smells are not right. free. No, there's not. Today's scripture is from Corinthians 4, beginning with the first verse. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's 
consent in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let the light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning, everybody. I did a wedding the weekend before this one, uh, outdoor wedding. And uh, I usually meet with engaged couples four or five times before the big day. One of the topics that I like to cover is covenant. What is a covenant? How will things be different when you enter into the covenant of marriage? How will God be a part of this covenant? And because it's a covenant, marriage, one thing about it is that it's more about what you give than what you get. In a, in a covenant, husbands and wives serve one another. They bless each other. They put more energy into giving than getting because giving takes more energy. With Jesus directing our lives, filling us with the Holy Spirit, we can become better givers. Being in covenant means that husbands and wives are in ministry to each other. And you know, all of Jesus' people are called to be in ministry. I mean, that's part of the meaning of baptism. Even for an infant, baptism means we ordain this child for a life of, bab for a life of ministry. Your baptism, in a sense, ordained you for a life of ministry. I remember years ago in one of my previous churches, I, I can still picture it, um, sitting in my office uh, around a small table with a few other people. And as part of the question, uh, part of the conversation, I, I turned and asked a question to a guy. He's probably in his 40s, longtime church member. I said, how do you see yourself being in ministry? And he, he, he got flustered and, and said, I, I've never really thought about it. And we moved on. I, I don't know, maybe I was a little too direct. Years later, though, I learned that he had become a much more on-fire-for-the-Lord kind of person and definitely saw himself as being in ministry. Today is week four in our series, Be Weak, Be Strong, Belong. This fall, we're going through the Apostle Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, and if you missed any of the previous messages, that's, a, that's not a problem because each message stands alone. But if you want, you can watch past services and sermons from our website or our Faith Westwood app. Paul spent a year and a half previously in Corinth with these new believers, bringing them up in the way of Jesus. And then after he leaves, some new preachers show up in Corinth and attempt to take over this new little congregation. And these new guys have larger-than-life personalities. They're impressive speakers. They love to talk about themselves. Corinthian Christ followers just, they just eat it up. And before you know it, more people start showing up at their little gatherings. I mean, how can you argue with success, right? You know, that happens to churches sometimes. Um, you can see some churches, they appear successful, 
but they're turning into a personality cult. Um, I would imagine most of us could probably come up with an example of a church built around the charismatic persona of its pastor. So, Paul writes in this letter. And in the first part of chapter 4, he says, if I could summarize, Beware of people who make ministry all about themselves, instead of humbly lifting up Christ and serving others on his behalf. Now, sometimes it's hard to tell whether somebody's making ministry all about themselves. It, it can be kind of a subtle thing, so we have to be watchful. Let me say it again. Beware of people who make ministry all about themselves instead of humbly lifting up Christ and serving others on his behalf. This morning we're going to walk through the first five verses of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And it starts with the word, therefore. Therefore connects chapter 3 with chapter 4. What was in chapter 3? Well, uh, I want to try to summarize that in 90 seconds or less. Here goes. Paul finds himself in the awkward position of having to defend himself to the very ones he brought to Christ. These new preachers have shown up in Corinth carrying letters of recommendation, supposedly authenticating them as apostles, and they cast doubt on Paul. Where is his letter of recommendation? Paul says to the Corinthians, Don't you know? You are my letter of recommendation. The Holy Spirit has written it on your hearts. It's the new covenant foretold by the prophets. Sure, the, the, the old covenant written in stone with the Ten Commandments was good, but it could only do so much because the people's hearts were hardened. That covenant was glorious, but it was never meant to last forever, in the same way that Moses' face glowed after being in the glorious presence of God. But the glow didn't last forever. Not only that, but the hard-hearted Israelites couldn't stand to see Moses' glowing face, so he covered it with a veil. Even today, it's like a, a veil covers their brains, and they, and they don't listen to the prophets who, who say that the old covenant through Moses was preparing us for a greater covenant through the Messiah. But when people put their faith in Jesus as the Messiah, voila, the veil is removed. It all becomes clear. That's because Jesus fills us with the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit softens our hearts. And the more we get to know the Messiah, the more we're changed into His glorious image. And Paul says his ministry is to announce the good news of this new covenant. Whew. Okay, now everybody take a big breath. That's chapter 3. Now we get into chapter 4. Therefore, say it with me, Therefore, verse 1, Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. We, that is, we apostles, we, Paul and his partners, do not lose heart. We don't give up, even when we're falsely accused. We apostles, we remember, we were once hopeless sinners, but in his mercy God has called us into this life-giving ministry. And in verse 2, you can tell that Paul's implying how he's different from his competitors. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. 
Paul doesn't want to get nasty, but hopefully the Corinthians can read between the lines about the sneaky, shameful ways of these personality preachers. Verse 2 continues, On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. The Corinthians must have complained that Paul is too plain-spoken. He doesn't have enough flair, enough pizzazz in his delivery. He doesn't have enough cleverness in his style. But Paul says he speaks that way by design. Stating the truth plainly fits his message. It's about substance, not style. Paul might also be responding to the accusation that he's not successful enough, not drawing big enough crowds. In verse 3 he says, And even if our gospel is veiled, it is, it is veiled to those who are perishing. I mean, Jesus said it would be this way. Not everyone will believe. In one of his parables he said that some seed, meaning the, the gospel, is sown on hardened soil and doesn't germinate. People hear the word, but it doesn't sink in. It's like, it's like they're blind to it. Where does this veil come from? Let's, let's see what it says in verse 4. The God of this age, meaning Satan, has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel. That, and, and what does the light of the gospel show us? That it displays the glory of Christ. Christ means the Messiah, who is the image of God. The God of this age has blinded many minds, even today. Blinded them to what is right and good. Blinded them to what is pure and lovely. Blinded them to what is true and eternal. You know, when I, when I pray for people, maybe friends, family, neighbors, who, who show no interest in Jesus, I pray that the veil that blinds them will be lifted. I pray that the Holy Spirit will will open their eyes. I pray that they will come to know Jesus who shows us who God is. And then we come to verse 5, which is the verse I want us to focus on today. Again, Paul contrasts himself with those personality preachers. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. I was thinking that would be a great verse to preach on at an ordination service, wouldn't it? What we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. Yet, what Paul is saying isn't just for ordained clergy. It's about your ministry too. It's about the ministry of this church. Say, uh, so say it with me. Uh, and, uh, excuse me, let me say it as clearly as I know how. Being in ministry isn't about me. It's about humbly lifting up Christ and serving others on his behalf. Let's say it together now, shall we? Being in ministry isn't about me. It's about humbly lifting up Christ and serving others on his behalf. Friday and Saturday, the Great Plains United Methodist Annual Conference met. We had a shortened session by video. I had been to more than 40 annual conferences. In my humble opinion, these regional denominational gatherings are a boring, bureaucratic waste of time. 
talk to me later and I'll tell you how I really feel. One of the things that bothers me is how self-congratulatory it all is. See how great we are, how awesome it is to be us. Aren't we excited to be a part of this awesome conference? Uh, I mean, there's, there's so much praising and promoting of the institution. It seems like we're preaching ourselves more than Christ. And that is a dangerous place to be. Being in ministry isn't about us. It's about humbly lifting up Christ and serving others on his behalf. It was 10 years ago this Sunday, my first fall at Faith Westwood. You know, your previous pastors all wore clergy robes in worship, although they didn't usually do that in the summer. Well, for the first time, first Sunday in October 2010, you know, summer was officially over. And some were wondering, is he going to wear a robe or not? That Sunday, 10 years ago, I brought my robe on a hanger and I lifted it up. I said, I have a robe. And during the month of October, I said, I'm going to decide whether or not to start wearing my robe. But that decision will not be based on what I want. And it will be not be based on what you want. It will be based on whether it contributes to our mission of making disciples. I said, if I decide that the people we're reaching with the gospel would more easily respond to a pastor who, who's wearing a robe, I will wear a robe happily, hands down. But if it seems that the people we're reaching would respond more easily to a pastor not wearing a robe, then I won't be wearing one. It's not about what I want. It's not about what you want. It's about the mission. So at the end of October, I, I made a decision that the disciple-making mission of this church would be better served if I don less formal attire. Though I did promise to wear my robe for your wedding or funeral if requested. You see, being in ministry isn't about me. It's about humbly lifting up Christ and serving others on His behalf. I remember after I turned 40, I looked back and I could see what I was not able to see before. As a pastor in my 20s and 30s, I was sincere. But I began to realize that, that subconsciously, part of me had been motivated uh, by the desire to be the most popular pastor my church has ever had. I wanted to be their most well-liked pastor ever. I wanted to be their favorite turning 40. Now that was a long time ago, but I still find times when my ego gets too involved. My insecurity, my desire for approval and recognition, they can still creep in. And recognizing that is part of our spiritual growth. So I have to keep reminding myself that being in ministry isn't about me. It's about humbly lifting up Christ and serving others on his behalf. You know, the way I see it, the biggest threat right now to the unity of this church and the mission of this church is not the pandemic. It's our politically divided culture. Now, it's okay with me. I'm really proud of this church that we don't have to agree on politics and candidates and all that. But now, 
social media has dangerously deepened that divide. You know, it used to be that people didn't blab on. We didn't, we didn't blab on about our political views with hundreds of our friends, did we? But now, because of social media, that's what people do. It used to be that, you know, we didn't talk about politics with a, fri if, with a friend, but if we did, we were careful and polite because we wanted to protect the relationship. Now today, on social media, very few follow those rules of etiquette. And based on what some of you post on social media, I wonder how hard it is for someone who disagrees to sit by you and worship. Maybe social distancing is just as much about politics as pandemics these days. I know I'm going to blow your mind, but here it is. Every post and comment a Christ follower makes on social media is ministry. That's right. It's all ministry. It might be good ministry. It might be bad ministry, but it's ministry. You reflect the image of Jesus when you show respect to those who disagree with you. You reflect the image of Jesus when you are humble about your opinion and respond gently to others. I mean, I'm not saying that all your posts need to mention God or Jesus. Mine don't. But I know that I still want to represent the Lord. Philippians 4.8 has sound advice for us. It says, Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And I would add post about such things. Why? Because you are always in ministry. Colossians 3.17 says, Whatever you do, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Being in ministry is not about you. It involves you because God has called you and gifted you, but the focus is outward. It's about humbly lifting up Christ and serving others on His behalf. So today, I commission you. I commission you to fulfill your calling. On behalf of the Lord Jesus Christ, I send you into the world to represent Him as you serve others. Today we have the opportunity to receive Holy Communion. Um, if you do not have the elements ready, then I would just say please pause this video and then resume when you have them. Let's pray. Oh Lord God, we, we thank you that you have called us into ministry, even way back with Abraham and, and Sarah, that there, you promised that their descendants would be a blessing to all peoples, all nations of the world. And later on through Isaiah, you said that the, the people of Israel would be a light to the Gentiles. And Lord, we, we thank you that you have allowed us to be part of your mission. You've put us into ministry. But Lord, we find ourselves ill-equipped we're not ready because we can easily be so focused on ourselves. And we confess that before you. And we ask that you will forgive us. Forgive us of our self selfishness, our self-focused uh, nature. 
And Lord, we pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you will set us free. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to know that uh, all who have faith in Jesus Christ are welcome to receive communion through this video, uh, which would be today, uh, October 4th through uh, Saturday, October 10th. Before Jesus went to the cross, he ate a meal with his disciples and he took bread and he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to them and said, this is my body given for you. After the meal, he took a cup and he gave thanks. And he gave it to them and said, This is my blood. It is poured out for you. It is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Let us pray. Oh God, we ask that you will pour out your Holy Spirit upon us wherever we are today, gathered together by this video. And pour out your Holy Spirit upon these gifts of bread and the fruit of the vine. And let them be for us the very presence of Christ. And now we pray together the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The body of Christ given for you. The blood of Christ given for you. Amen.
If we were to follow Jesus around, one of the things that we would notice very quickly is how he served others. I'm wondering how we can serve others this week as followers of Jesus. Please do not forget to stop by faithwestwood.com forward slash service, fill out a connection card, give us your prayer request. You can also give to the 2020 vision and our mission offering this week is for World Communion. This is an opportunity for us um, to serve international and national people with the gospel. In seven days, we will join here again on Facebook, online, and in person. We hope to see you then.